She owns the house. Praise the Lord. Praise, Praise the Lord. Lord. Joining us tonight, those of you who are here in person and those of you who are online. May God bless you and we are excited to dive into the Word of God tonight. Really excited to uh, share my heart. What I feel God has been uh, sharing with me as I have studied to uh, share with you. Let's just open up with praise and give God my glory and prayer. Heavenly Father, Almighty God, we give you thanks and praise. You alone are highly exalted. You are holy. You are righteous. Father God, we seek your heart tonight. Your your presence in this place. And to those who are listening online, we invite them to the car, invite your presence into the car, and wherever they may be listening to this, God. Father, we just give you thanks and praise. We ask, God, by the power of your Holy Spirit, that you will speak to us, God. I know my voice, my, my heart and mind, to share the heart of God tonight in a special way. And everyone said, Amen. 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 You are invited. So we have been embarking upon a, a series of looking at uh, parables of Jesus, specifically related to the kingdom of heaven is life. And so we are continuing uh, that as we've been doing it on the fourth Wednesday of each month. And tonight we're talking about you are invited. A, a particular uh, parable that I think is uh, pertinent in, uh, in the season of our lives, but also because it's wedding season, or at least there tends to be an increase, right, in weddings uh, in the month of June and throughout the summer. I know uh, Sarah and I's our wedding anniversary happened uh, just a few, uh, few weeks ago, and uh, so it, it's wedding season. So when you think about weddings and being invited to a wedding, what are some things you do to prepare? What are some things you do to prepare when you are invited to attend a wedding? Take a shower. You get ready, you get cleaned up, you get your sharpest, uh, best, yes. Go buy a new dress. Yes. <laughs> Is this an opportunity to get to buy something new? A new dress, a new outfit, a new tie, a new sports jacket, perhaps, or new khaki pants, whatever that might be. Yes, absolutely. Anything else comes to mind as you're preparing for a wedding? Um, getting a gift. Getting a gift. Being ready to shower the bride and groom with a gift, right? Uh, showing your, your love and appreciation to them and uh, a sort of a thanks, right, for being invited to this to this special moment. Now we think about a royal wedding. Getting an invitation to a royal wedding. That's spectacular, right? But as you think about uh, a king and a queen or a prince, um, and, a, and a princess, and you're invited to this wedding. So this, there's lots of planning that goes into uh, weddings in general, but even more so when it's a royal wedding, right? You might have there might be a parade for the for the couple that's amongst the city, right? It's a big extravaganza, 
There can be festivities that last for multiple days. It's not just a one-day ceremony, but there's multiple days that are, that are involved in this. Uh, there might be a, a glorious, uh, extravagant carriage, right? This is a prestigious moment. This is a, a, a great moment for, for this couple that's coming together for a royal wedding, and everything is at its best. There may even be huge celebrations in the city, fireworks at night to celebrate what's going on. I don't know about you, but I love a good wedding cake, right? I, I get excited about what is the wedding cake going to look like and how is it going to taste. And nowadays, sometimes there are multiple tiers and each tier has its own flavor profile that, that's just exciting. And even so much more, right, for when you think about a royal wedding, perhaps, right? The food is just elegant, it's the best of the best of the best, and you just want to perhaps eat it all or be enticed to it, right? So weddings are meant to be, wedding ceremonies and the receptions are meant to be this sort of uh, celebratory moment when, when people come together in celebration. So here we find in Matthew, the 22nd chapter, Jesus talks about attending a wedding reception. But before, before he talks about the wedding reception, I'd like to set the stage for what's happening, right? So Jesus is, he's in the temple, he's come to the temple, and he's, he's teaching those who are around him. But the chief priests and the Pharisees, the temple elders, they are not happy that Jesus is in the temple again, teaching the people, right? And so they, they approach him, and, and ask him a question, and question his authority, really. Uh, we see it in Matthew, the 21st chapter, the 23rd verse. They say, by what authority are you doing these things, and who gave you this authority? So it is in this context, right, that he tells them a few, a few parables, but then leads into the parable of the wedding feast. And that is where we will spend uh, tonight's study. In Matthew, starting at the beginning of the 22nd chapter, with verse, verse 1. And I will be reading for uh, tonight from the New Living Translation for those of you who uh, may be following along uh, either in your app or in your physical. So let's uh, dive into how Jesus responds uh, to their question. So Jesus also told them other parables, and he said, The kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a king. A king who prepared a great wedding feast for his son. And when the banquet was ready, he sent his servants to notify those who were invited. But they all to come. Then in verse 4 it says, So he, he sent other servants to tell them, The feast has been prepared. The bulls, the fatted calf have been killed, and everything is ready. 
ready. Come, come to the banquet. But the guests he had invited ignored them and went their own way. One to his farm, another to his business, and others seized these messengers and insulted them and even killed them. The king was furious, and he sent out his army to destroy the murderers and burn their towns. And he said to his servants, The wedding feast is ready, and the guests I've invited aren't worthy of the honor. Now, go out into the street corners and invite everyone you see. So the servants brought in everyone they could find. The good, the bad, and the banquet hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to meet the guests, he noticed a man who wasn't wearing the proper clothes for a wedding. Friend, yes. how is it that you are here without wedding clothes? But the man had no reply. Then in verse 13, then the king said to his aides, bind his hands and feet and throw him into the outer darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. Many are called, but few are chosen. So let's break this down tonight by When we what? 
believe. When we believe. And it moves us from receiving life through faith to the power of living by faith. Isn't that awesome? The power of living by faith. This is what the scripture means when it says we are right with God through life-giving faith. So God's invitation is the power of faith living and working in our lives when we believe in Jesus Christ as the Messiah, our Redeemer, as the Lord and Savior of our lives. There is great power in it, right? It is transforming. It transforms who we are, our mind, our soul, our spirit. It transforms us to be one in the presence of God. It is an invitation to come into the presence of God and see our lives transformed. And then there is, there is a second invitation, right? So he said, picking back up in verse 4 of Matthew 22, he said other servants, right? So he said one servant. Now he's sending other servants. He's sending, in another essence, a new, a new group, right, of servants to tell them, "Hey, the feast has been prepared. We are, we are ready. We are ready. The bulls, the fatted cattle, have been killed, and everything is ready. Come to the banquet." The first invitation: Get ready. You're invited. Come. The second invitation, it is time. Let's let come together. Come together because come to the banquet now. Come to the banquet. But the guests he had invited had some interesting reactions. They, they ignored them. They went on their own way. One to his farm. And other, another to his business. See, God sent the apostles, right, also to spread the gospel. He sent them out to spread the gospel. But what happened to the apostles? When you think about when the gospel, when the apostles, the disciples started to spread the, the, the gospel of Jesus Christ, how were they received? Sometimes with open arms, right? Other times, they were not received. Stephen, in fact, was stoned, right? Others were persecuted. Others were, were exiled because of them spreading the gospel. And then there is this, this third invitation. And he said to his servants, the wedding feast is ready, right? The moment is here. The wedding feast is ready, and the guests I invited are worthy of honor. The special invitation that was sent, the personal invitation that was sent out, and here the king is saying, 
They aren't worthy of the honor. Now, now go out. So he's sending another invitation. Go out into the street corners and invite everyone you see. I've, I've sent one round of invitations. Personalized invitations. I thought of you and your family and your household. Then I sent another invitation. Hey, now is the time. If you haven't started your journey towards the banquet hall, now is the time. Resistance. Now, the, now we see another invitation. But this invitation is extended to all. To those who who were not on the first list, who were not on your, your A list, your A tier list for your wedding or for the wedding reception, right? It, it is, well, it's my aunts, cousins, brothers, sister-in-laws, friend that wouldn't have been invited, but hey, we've got room for them now, right? An open invitation for everyone. The father is proud of this moment where the bride will come and meet and see the bridegroom, and he wants all to be a part of an invitation for everyone to see. So verse 10, so the servants, they brought in everyone they could find. The good, the bad alike, and the banquet hall was filled with guests. The banquet hall was filled. Right? It is not until the third invitation that we see the, in, the, 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 the banquet hall is filling up with excitement, with individuals who have chosen to be there, who want to be a part of this special moment. See, God's invitation for salvation extends to the Gentiles. It extends to all. And all who respond to the invitation is welcome. Praise God. That he gives an invitation to all to come to the banqueting feast. To know Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. To experience salvation. And to be a part of a great celebration. To be a part of what? The kingdom of God. To be a part of the kingdom of heaven. It is an open invitation. When we look deeper at the invitation and the culture of the time, you see this, the wedding banquet is a very significant celebration event. It is a celebration that could last with activities that could last up to a week long. Not a 24-hour, not a one-day, I get dressed in the morning and then, and then everybody, sunset, everything is done. No, this is a multi-day celebration, right, of happenings for this particular moment. And when all was in order, it is, we find the Father in his fatherly role that, that calls, that sends the servants to, to start pulling together everything that is needed. And in the culture of the time, we know that shafars would have been blown, right? They, they would be sending out the word that the, the wedding was about to happen. See, the first invitation is to get you 
you excited and so that you can prepare. You can do the things that we, we talked about, right? Uh, what am I going to wear? Uh, how do I get prepared for this event? And then the second invitation is to say, now is the time. Start coming. Make your way to the banquet hall. Make your way to the celebration. The, that, is, that was the, the culture, the, the, the norms of the Jewish culture. It was customary for one of the groom's party to go out and to shout ahead, Behold, the bridegroom comes. And with that comes excitement. With that comes anticipation. Here is the moment we wait. Here is the time of celebration and jubilee that we waited for. Behold, get ready, the bridegroom comes. So there are some themes that we can unpack deep as we dive deep into this parable. It reveals God's plan, it, the plan of salvation, beginning with Israel and the Jewish people. But it doesn't stop there. It is extended to all the world, to all humanity, right? To, to everyone. But here we see that guests invited refuse to come. That means individuals have a personal choice. They have a personal choice to make whether they want to be a part of whether they want to come into the kingdom of God. While the invitation is there, I have to make a choice. We also see in, in this that Jesus is prophesying about the rejection of the gospel. Right? And the, as the parable talks about the servants, the roles of the servants, it, it is linking the time of what Jesus' ministry to the Jewish people and to the, to the, to the country and, and where he traveled as he interacted with individuals. And it also links to his disciples that he sent out, even after him, right? He sent out his disciples to spread the gospel, to spread the, the love of God, to spread, spread the truth of God, so that others all may know. The first rejection, you're invited, but they refuse to come. We see that in verse 3. When the banquet was ready, he sent his servants to notify those who were invited, but they all refused. And then he sends out a second invitation. And we see in verse 5, but the guests he had invited ignored them. They, they went their own way. One to his farm, another to his business. Others seized his messengers, insulted them, and killed them. They were caught up in their own lives, in their own selfishness, in their own perspectives, right? They, they did not see, they did not see God extending his love to them. They were caught up in the busyness of every day, 
focused on how are they going to make money? How are they going to take care of their family? What's going on today? What's coming up tomorrow? And in that busyness, they, they miss the first invitation and the second invitation. But at the second invitation, the, the rejection gets intensified because it says not only did they reject the and ignore the invitation, they took action against the very messengers, the very servants that the king sent to invite them by what? By insulting them and even killing them. And we see that in the, in the books of Acts. Where again, as I mentioned, Stephen was, Stephen was killed, and others were rejected, and their messages were rejected. Jesus even told his disciples, if you go into a town and you're not received, what? To turn around and leave and dust the sand off your feet. And go to an area where people are hungry for the message that you're bringing. Hungry for the gospel. Hungry to be set free. Hungry. Hungry and thirsty for righteousness. In Acts, in the fourth chapter, starting in verse uh, 11, 11 and 12, it says, This Jesus is the stone rejected by you builders, which has become the cornerstone. There is salvation in no one else. Salvation in no one else. For there is no one else under heaven given to people and we must be saved by the name of Jesus. And Peter also says in 1 Peter the second chapter in verse uh, 8 Jesus is described by Peter again as a stone but a stone that, what, that causes men to stumble and a rock that makes them fall but why are they stumbling? They stumble because they disobeyed the message, which was also what they were destined for. So Jesus, he is prophesying about what would happen even to Jerusalem, the city, whose religious leaders adamantly rejected the gospel. It is after this, this parable that, that we see the Pharisees begin to plot, specifically, how are they going to get Jesus arrested? The Messiah, in their presence, sharing the love of God in the heart of God. And he is met with opposition and hearts that are hardened. And then they reject him and set up a plot. But God's design is to invite and to extend his invitation to all. He said to his servants, the wedding feast is ready, and the guests that I have invited are worthy of the honor of go out. Go out to the four corners of the world and invite everyone you 
who are hungry to know their Lord and Savior more will respond. So the servants went out. They brought in everyone they could find, the good and the bad, alike, and the banquet hall was filled. You see, the heart of the Father is to draw all people to Him so that we are with them and He with us. That we are heirs of the kingdom of God. That we have daily fellowship with God. That we know Jesus Christ and the love of God for our lives. That we experience and walk in victory. That we may have life. And that we may have life more God's desire. This is good and pleases God our Savior, who wants everyone to be saved and to understand the truth. For there is one God and one mediator who can reconcile God and humanity, the man Christ Jesus. He gave his life, what? To purchase freedom. For who? Right this. 
are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. Thank you, God. That God extends an open invitation of salvation for us to know Him. For us to spend our time daily in His presence. To know how much He loves us. To know how much He cares for us. To, to bask and, and receive his wisdom and to walk in righteousness. To know Jesus Christ, the one he sent. To know him like never before. So my question is, how do you respond? Did you respond to the invitation? You see, salvation is personal. It's individual. Be receiving and accepting in the moment I choose probably will look different than each and every person that's gathered here or to those of you who are listening. But righteousness is a gift from God. And we have the choice. We choose whether to accept it. You see, the spiritual leaders, the Pharisees, we see in, in this parable, they responded with hypocrisy. They, they were disobedient to the word of God. They, they even challenged Jesus. By what authority do you say this? By what authority? Who gave you this authority? They chose to reject it. Even seeing the very miracles they he performed, even seeing the witness of his of his life unfold as it was, as it was prophesied by, by the prophet Isaiah, they chose to reject him. They call him a blasphemy. How do we respond? So I ask this question. Why is it important for us to listen when the Holy Spirit speaks or convicts or reveal sin in our life. Anyone want to answer? Anyone here? Why is it important for us to listen? Make our relationship stronger. To make our relationship stronger. To get closer to Him. Yes. To get closer to Him. He wants us. He desires us. To get closer to him. Even closer day by day. That he can reveal more of his character, of his nature, that we may experience his love, his surpassing love, to know the height, the depth, the width of his love for us. It's so powerful, it's so, so amazing, it's so precious, and it's personal. For me, how I experience the love of God maybe look very different than how you are experiencing the love of God or how you can experience it. But his desire is that we do experience. Is there anything we can learn from the Israelites' attitude towards Jesus? So we look at this parable. Anything?
perhaps being sensitive right, to what God is saying. Warnings. To the warnings, right? To Memorials. Failing to be thankful like they did. Failing to call on his name. Yes. Failure to call on his name. I'd like to sort of wrap up tonight by sharing uh, this scripture. Uh, as I was uh, driving here, I'm listening to a, a CD that my family gave me for Father's Day, and uh, this song by Danny uh, Goki came on, and it's, it, it, uh, it is about the scripture. To me, it was uh, confirmation doing tonight or speaking tonight what God has called me to be to do. Um, and I found it as a precious moment of God showering his love on me because um, a lot of times when I try to I don't always listen to the CD, but I hadn't started something else. And this song came on um, and I I just felt uh, a reminder
to draw you closer to Jesus Christ, the only one who can save. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. 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 May you all be blessed in Jesus' name.